and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and here we're here for a very quick, I say quick, I always say this is going to be a quick episode and it never is a quick episode because I always end up rambling about something different. But today we are doing another questions and answer episode. You guys sent in loads of questions, but I'm going to choose a more select few because these podcasts have been getting kind of long and I feel like I want them to be a quicker, snappier one, if that makes sense. Today is going okay. I found out I had to go to Manchester tomorrow, which is heartbreaking, but we move. I'm trying not to feel too upset about it. It's not that I don't want to go to Manchester. I just cannot be bothered to travel. Kind of annoying. I'll be like traveling for six hours, literally for no reason. Well, not for no reason. My laptop is broken. Anyway, it's fine. We're not thinking about it too much. At least I get paid. So that's all that matters. It's just annoying. It's so far. But anyway, I'm ranting and we're not doing that at the moment. Life so far this week as actually, I say life so far, it's literally Tuesday. It's going all right, you know, the weeks are passing very fast. I did my first big clothes order for Bali and wow, did I treat myself. It, it's going to be good. It comes tomorrow and I'm going to let you all know what I think. I got some really good things in the sales. Like honestly, if you're, if you're looking for the sales, now is your time to shine. Although I left it too late for the bikinis, swimwear, Note to self, if you're going on holiday and you know early enough in advance, shop early enough in advance because everyone sells out. Everyone. ASOS, Urban, Weekday, everyone. Cleverly low, cleverly low, what even was that word? Cleverly though, and very unintentionally, I have ordered three bikinis, four bikinis, three bikinis, all in the same style. So I have all the same tan lines. Didn't even think about it until mum pointed out. And she's like, oh, that was really smart, Bella. And I was like, that was unintentional, but excellent choices. So that was a little bonus. But as I said, these are not meant to be long podcasts. These are meant to be little snippets for your next walk so we can have an exciting discussion. So without further ado, let me get us on to the first question for this week's podcast. So I asked over my stories. I always ask. It's normally on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. If you have any questions for the podcast, I leave a little like question box up there and there's always like an anonymous link. And through those, you can ask me anything that you want to. It's always anonymous and I'll give my live reaction. No, I don't. I don't read any of these beforehand because I feel like it's more interesting if I don't. It makes it more exciting. Okay, so the first one is... How do you deal with stress? Um, not very well. No, stress. Stress is not something I'm very good at dealing with, being honest. I, you know how people have instinct reactions and some people get cross. I cry. I don't really get cross or angry about things. And as soon as I do get frustrated, I get really emotional. Like, and it's one of my, I wish I could not get emotional. The good part about crying is that no situation can ever really blow out of hand because as soon as, like, I start crying, it instantly diffuses everything um, because, like, you're not going to carry on arguing while someone's crying, are they? And I can't argue my point because I am crying. So that's not great. But, I mean, I feel like if you get angry, then that amplifies it. So I'm kind of, in a weird way, glad that I cry. It's not on purpose as well. I feel like that makes it sound like I cry on purpose to stop the argument. I do not. It is like the waterworks. There is nothing stopping them. And that's kind of, I think initially, I'll be honest, my unhealthy response to stress is bottling it up and then crying at something really small, bottling it up, bottling it up, bottling it up. And then something will tip me over the edge and I will cry and I'll be embarrassed and I won't be able to work out what it is. Like when someone's like, why are you crying? I'll give them a really silly, it'll be a really something stupid about why I've cried. And I know deep down that's not it. 
And then all of a sudden I'll tell them what's wrong. And it's like this tsunami of emotion just comes out of me because I realise how stressed I've been about the situation. But anyway, you've actually caught this on a very good a good time to ask me that question because we're changing the way we're dealing with stress. Well, I'm dealing with stress anyway because the way I'm dealing with it now is not healthy. It's literally, I go on and on about how important communication is, how important it is to tell how you feel, to talk to people, to realise you're not on your own. And I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't talk to people and it's really, really bad. And so I've been challenging myself this month for something just to push myself a bit and stop bottling it up it's something everyone tells you not to do and yet I do it every single time and I think I've been really stressed recently about finishing my job how my job's gonna look when I go to London actually no to be fair that hasn't even really been stressing me out I've just kind of accepted that it'll be what it'll be what's really stressing me out is the house in London that's given me quite a lot of anxiety because the thing no one tells you about moving to London is right get this guys So if someone puts out like an offer they want you to rent for the house, that's not how much you're going to pay. You then put offers in and the highest offer wins. You have to bid on rental properties. And honestly, it's so tiring because me and this group that I'm living with, we've tried on so many properties. We've messaged so many people. I've sent so many emails and it's just, it's so exhausting because it's like you gear yourself up and every time you put an offer in, for some reason, I just think we're going to say yes I just think they're going to like us and say, like, of course you can live in our house. And then I'm like, obviously, why wouldn't they pick me? And they don't pick you. And I don't even know why. Well, it's obviously always to do with money and he'll pay the most. And sadly, I can't, like, outcompete people. I'm already going to be paying £800 a month. I think I've upped it to, like, 830 a month. And, like, this is all of my savings are literally going into this educational master's. And I'm proud of myself for having saved that money and I've done it and, like worked really really hard for it but also it's kind of like annoying when that still isn't enough and so that's been really really stressing me out recently and what I've been trying to do differently is I've been altering how my days have been going being honest I've been trying to instill more calm in them so I've been I kind of swapped my workouts because I realized I was quite stressed and fitting a 40 minute workout in wasn't really working for me and so when I'm feeling this way I go back to kind of like slower movements like more of a yoga type thing. So right now I've been doing a lot of pilates like the Bailey Brown pilates because I know that when I am feeling stressed working out is something that I really want to do but I need to make it a calmer experience so that I feel less stressed when doing it because I know I have to do it, like I don't have to do it, I want to do it because it makes me feel less anxious, but I also know doing the HIIT type of workouts, I get bored really easily and it doesn't make me feel calm afterwards, whereas the Pilates ones do make me feel calmer afterwards. So that helps me deal with stress, like switching my workout routine to be something that more instills this sense of calm. And then afterwards, the routine I've kind of been doing recently is going for runs because that clears my head. I find when I'm stressed, I need to be proactively taking steps to clear my head because if I don't, it's going to get too much too fast. Like if you're not stressed, it's very easy not to really need that time to clear your head because there's not too much going on. You don't have a lot to clear, but when I am stressed and there is a lot going on, I need to make sure that I make that space for me. So like whatever your thing is, it could be long walks, it could be skipping, it could be cycling, it could be running. For me, it's running. Everyone has their kind of like thing that they like doing. That helps me clear my head and doing that and Pilates and then Pilates and a meditation. So kind of alternating between those two things. That's been really, really helpful. And I think when I am stressed, I like 
I right now am not as stressed as I have been in the past. So I should probably re-answer this when I'm stressed with uni because that me is probably less good at doing all of this. Being honest, it is really hard to be strict with yourself when you are doing this, when you are really, really stressed. But I think the good thing about what I'm doing now is kind of like with the Pilates and the meditation and then the running, I think those three things help me keep a lot calmer. They help me kind of feel more present and grounded. And I think if you can try and get these type of activities instilled into your daily routine, when you're not, when you're a bit stressed, but not super stressed, when you are super stressed, you know, you have it to fall back onto. Also, when I am feeling stressed, so I do exercise is really important because that clears out the toxins from your body, for your brain, everything. It's proper like shake out and thing like that. I think When you are stressed with things going on, it's really important to put clear boundaries in place in what you're doing. Making sure that your brain has that disconnection. I think when you're stressed, it's really easy to let that stress dominate over everything. I have been so anxious lately, so anxious lately. And I was letting that drip feed into every single activity. So nothing was enjoyable. I'd be cooking dinner, but I wasn't present with what I was cooking. I was actually just stressed about the housing situation and it was trickling into every aspect of everything kind of like... I was making people around me, I was being grumpy and everything like that. And I think the really big important thing is a massive life lesson to learn is when you are stressed, if you can learn to differentiate and kind of like feel the stressed feeling and be like, I am stressed and that feeling is okay, but I am not that feeling and like life goes on, like differentiate, like you are feeling that, but you are not that. Okay, I'm stressed about that, but then put it into a pigeonhole and think, but I can't solve it right now. So right now I'm going to enjoy my dinner. Right now I'm going to cook something. Right now I'm going to go for a run. I know it'll work out. Everything will be okay. I can't think about that right now. Like, There's no point stressing about your test when you finish your revision an hour ago. Finish your revision and then be confident in the knowledge that you finished your revision. Okay, do you know what I mean? You've got to be kind of strict with your brain. And if you can control, start controlling your thoughts in this way so they stop kind of trickling into everything, you will save yourself so much pain, I promise. I think that's probably my biggest tip of how to deal with stress is being able to control your thoughts so the stress doesn't infiltrate into every single aspect of your life because that's when stress becomes very, very tricky. I think proactively doing things to make yourself calmer is great and also acknowledging that you are stressed but letting yourself get on with other things too because then you can distract yourself. Okay, next question. I've broken up my boyfriend from my year abroad but I want to be with him, what do I do? Hmm. See, it's a bit of a tricky question to answer because it depends if you're a relationship person or not. Some people aren't a relationship person. Um, Like they really, really enjoy being single. And that would be part of their experience of going on a year abroad is they don't want a boyfriend. They don't want to be with someone. They just want to be on their own and kind of focusing on themselves. I think one of the things you have to accept if you are in a relationship, like I am a relationship person and I always will be. I've kind of accepted this about myself. Um, So... One of the things, if you are in a relationship and you go on your year abroad, so you'll have to, like, your brain will be where you are and half of it will be with them, okay? it will You will never be fully present because you'll be thinking about them and wondering what they're doing, but if you love them, you won't mind that. It will work out. I've had friends who did, like, years of, like, went on their year abroad with their boyfriend and, like, they went to separate countries and they managed it. I think with long distance, you have to be both willing for it to work. And you have to really love each other and you have to really want for it to work because it is not going to be easy. There's going to be times where you really, really miss them. But if you still want to be with them, then you don't need to break up for it. My kind of philosophy when I was with my when I got with my boyfriend and we were going to uni and I know going to uni in different countries is a bit different to just going in different cities. But I was like, well, why don't we try it? We'll try it. And if we hate it, we'll break up. 
but we should try it at least. We should at least give ourselves the shot of, can we do this? And we did it and we're still doing it and now we're great. And I think one of the nice things about being long distance is, I know everyone talks about how much hard it is because you miss them and that type of thing. But it's kind of nice knowing that you have like a best friend there rooting for you, that you're in it together. Right now you're both focusing on yourselves and you should be really proud of each other for doing that. I think as soon as you start viewing your relationship as your teammates, you're just trying to make the best possible life and you love them and they love you. And right now your best possible life means going and exploring a totally new country and doing your year abroad. They should be so happy and excited for you. They're going to miss you and they will be sad that you're going. There's no denying that. But I think if you're, you don't have to break up in order for it to happen. I think there are ways around it. And I think long distance is definitely, definitely possible. So again, I think what should you do? It depends on what type of person you are, what you want your year abroad experience to be. If you want to be fully there, fully present, not thinking about everything else, then you should probably stay single. Not even just to get with other people, but because your brain will be fully where you are then. But I think if you do really love them, if they are your best mate, if you regret the decision, which it sounds like you do, I think try it. Worst that happens is you have to break up, but you won't know unless you try. This is the thing. How can you know you won't enjoy it unless you try it? You can get out there and break up with each other. No one's saying you have to stay with each other for a year. It's not a contract or anything like that. It's just, even though they're not with you straight away, they're not far. They're always in your thoughts. You're only ever a FaceTime away, a call away. You have to make an effort with long distance relationships and things are different. You have to get really good at communication and understanding that you're both not going to be free at the same time, that you're both going to have to do your own things at different points that it's not always there but knowing that you have someone like that's on your side rooting for you it's I don't know it's nice and it's nice knowing that you're both putting yourself first because I think I think one of the most important things when you're when you're in a relationship and you're our age is loving each other and being on the same team but also putting yourself first and making sure you're doing all of your life experiences that you want to do make sure you're not going to regret anything because the worst case scenario would be 10 years from now you guys are still together and you resent them because you think they held you back when they never asked you to stay you just did that because you felt like you had to I think that's one of the biggest things Okay, let's go on to the next question. Okay, next question. Oh, did I? No, I did take a screenshot. This is good. Habits or activities you do to feel happy? Oh, this is a good question. Okay, habits I do to feel happy. I think there's stuff that I do that makes me happy and there's stuff that I do to prevent being sad. Does that make sense? I do certain things every day to make sure that I stay on a good positive wavelength type thing. I'm grateful for different aspects of my life. I meditate, I work out and all of this stuff makes me feel more positive. I think exercise is so important, movement of any type. I think writing down your goals. I don't think I've gone on about this. I think I've gone on about this so much actually writing about your goals. I think that's really important. I think not only can you, by writing your goals, you stay more on track, but that makes me happy and excited about where I'm going. So I enjoy doing that. And journaling as well as kind of like reconnecting to yourself and who you are. I find all of these very like calming activities and they help me stay not sad. They like, don't always make me like, I'm not, when I'm doing it, I'm like, fucking hell, this is incredible. I love writing every single day. I'm not like ecstatic about doing it, but it prevents me from being like really down in the dump. So that helps. Reading. I love reading so much because it gets me off my phone and it gets me out of my own head and I've always loved reading and that is great. That is, Honestly, it's such a... If you can get into reading, I feel like 
People who don't like reading just haven't found what books they like to read yet, unless you're dyslexic, because that's very, very different. Um, that's a lot harder. But then I guess you've got audio books. I love an audio book. I think the things that I do to feel happy, I love, I love like date days. I love exploring new places. I love like, I want to go to this massive maze that's near where I live. It's like massive and huge and two miles long. And that sounds so exciting. Like I love activity days. I feel like that. I love an activity. Like there's this water park near where I live and it's not really a water park, more like an outdoor pursuit course. Like, do you guys remember Total Wipeout? It's that. It's literally like Total Wipeout. That would make me so happy to do that. Like, I love doing things that are just really, really fun. But then also I love films. Like, I feel like I love all of the normal things, but things that make me really happy are, like, dedicated days for, like, doing stuff. Like, a farmer's market, vintage shopping, going to a water park, going strawberry picking, things like that. I think I make a real extra effort each week to make sure I have, like, do an activity of some type because otherwise with everything that I do because obviously I run you've got mail or in the TikTok account Instagram account I work full time I have my own life I go see my own friends and everything like that with everything like that going on if I don't make time for those things I slip into just doing jobs all the time and that's not very fun and I get pretty miserable so that's what I do to make myself happy really I'm proactively plan different things to look forward to I think that's so important I think that's such an important step of being happy is looking forward to something. And so that's what I do. I feel like it's just nice knowing that you have something to look forward to, especially now I'm working full time. It's nice to have something to look forward to at the end of the week. It's like, although I love my weeks and my job and everything like that, it is intense. And so having something that's different and fun and exciting and new, I love trying new things, trying new food. Another like thing I do more day to day is cooking. Cooking makes me so happy. I love cooking for other people. I feel like my love language is like doing stuff for people. It's like cooking someone dinner is buying them a really nice present. I don't know, actually not present, but like a really thoughtful gift is like recording a podcast. I don't know, all of these things. That is my like thing for people. I get so much joy out of cooking someone a meal that they really love. So that makes me really happy too. And anything really to do with that. I used to do a lot of volunteering work, like calling this elderly lady and we chat and everything like that. And that didn't really feel like voluntary work. I just liked doing it. But knowing that I've made, knowing that I've done something good makes me really happy. And so a lot of the things that I do that make me happy kind of link into that. If that makes sense, that probably sounds so cringe. When I listen back to this, I'm going to hate myself, but it's okay. We move. Okay, what's your happy place? Hmm, I think my happy place is where it's it's not really like I think there's two different versions of it. I think there's a happy mindset, like when am I in my most positive good mindset? And I think it's when I know I know I'm doing okay. I know I'm managing everything okay and I kind of I think my happiest place in those moments where I kind of look at how far I've grown, look at how far I've come, look at what everything's growing into, look at where my life is turning out and I get a bit emotional because I think about how different everything was two years ago, how different everything was five years ago, seven years ago when I was at school, how different everything was then because I think there was moments where I really wasn't that happy and then knowing how happy I am now, that makes me feel good. I think 
I love it when I have quite a big family and I really love it when we're all together because when I was a kid that was a massive thing that we'd always go on big family holidays all together we're a very like close family and so when we're all together that makes me quite nostalgic so that's like another happy place but then I feel like there's also the excitement of being in a new place like exploring somewhere new I love exploring somewhere new I just there's I just cannot for me, exploring a new city is so exciting, so exciting. I would love to do that more than anything else. So like just walking around a new city, that is also my happy place. I feel like I'm quite inquisitive. I ask so many questions. If any, like if you guys ever had to spend a day with me, you could ask my boyfriend. I ask so many questions. Like I just, I find it so interesting learning new things and finding out about new things and kind of exploring new areas and everything like that. So I think another happy place, maybe I don't have a set happy place. I think I just have things that make me happy. I don't think I've ever had a certain place where I'm like, I go to when I'm sad. If anything, I do things when I'm sad. Like I have more activities rather than locations, which is kind of weird to think about because I've always lived in the same area. I don't know. I think, I don't know, actually. It's an interesting concept of a happy location or happy activity. I think I'm more of a happy activity person. What are you? I'm going to put a little vote thing on here. I think I can do that on Spotify. Are you a happy place or a happy location person? You're probably going to get the pop-up at the beginning of this podcast and it's going to make absolutely no sense, but we move. Okay, I think I'm on to the final question. I'm going to check Instagram, see if there's any more I need to answer, any more I want to answer, and then... I think, I think we might, I think we might be all good, you know. I think I've got one more question that I want to answer that's on the anonymous link, which I always forget what it's called. I should really have pressed pause. Um, Let me check. How to get over an ex from eight months ago if you have an inkling they're dating someone. I wanted to move on first, Petty, I know. First off, although I don't know, Petty, it's... It's hard because I guess it is petty, but everyone feels the exact same. You're resenting them. And I feel like that's the final last little like stab wound you can give them. And that's kind of what everyone wants to do. But it's so much better to be the person that moves on later and properly heals the moves on first and isn't healed. And I'm not saying because they've moved on first, they haven't healed. Like I moved on first, I'd healed. It's it's nothing really to do with that. But the fact that you haven't moved on yet and you're just focusing on yourself, that is nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing bad. If anything, just shows you're waiting for a better person to come around the corner, which is more exciting. And you'll end up finding someone better because of it. I think it's easy to rush into things. Don't rush into anything now because I know you'll feel like because they're with someone you want to be with them like not be with them you'll want to be with someone too don't do it don't rush into anything you're far better on your own and the fact that you're starting to realize this is really exciting or if you haven't yet you will start to realize this because then you start to get to the point where you only let people into your life that you really really want to be into your life you only let people in that make you happy and excited and who you want to spend your time with I think how to get over an ex from eight months ago if you have an inkling they're dating someone new I think first off it's not to be resentful of the person they're dating. I think this is the one, it's really hard, and I was. You can't help it, but try to not be, because it's not their fault, and also try to not 
resent the person. I think the biggest thing is you've got to realise they have no connection to you anymore. I was really cut throat with it for me. I was just kind of like, you're literally out of my life. You are out of my life. You are not in my... Like, imagine you have a little bubble around yourself. Like, a little social... Like, I imagine everyone's like a person in the middle and then there's a circle around them. And the inner circle is like their closest friends. Maybe there's like only a handful of people in there. They're very, very closest people. And then you have a bigger circle of like people you're kind of close with, but not like best, like you could literally call them at 3am in the morning crying and they'd like fully be there for you type person. But you're still pretty good friends. Then you have like third tier people of people you know, you've seen around, you're definitely friends, you follow each other, but like they're not as close to the other ones. You know what I mean? Like that is your little, when you imagine that circle all around you, that is you, that is your social circle. Your ex isn't in that anymore and neither is the girlfriend. They are not connected to you in the slightest anymore. So you have to let them go. You have to stop like ruminating over it. You have to stop thinking about it. It's weird, actually. I would direct you to my TikTok accounts because I just recorded a video on this yesterday. Um, And I think that's one of the things is realising that it's hard, but they're not in your life anymore and you're not in their life anymore, and things are going to happen in yours and theirs lives that you thought would happen when you're together, and you're not going to be together, and it is going to hurt, but you have to become okay with that, because they're not in your life anymore, do you know what I mean, they're not, they're not part of what's going on with you, and that's okay, because you'll find someone eventually, and you found yourself who will be an incredible person to spend time with. You'll find that you love spending time with yourself more. You'll find your friends. You'll find other people to fill that gap. And eventually you won't feel like there's a gap anymore because you've learned to love yourself. And that's filled the gap. God, filled the gap. It's saying it a lot of times. It's pretty difficult to say. But I think getting over something is something that you need to learn that you have to let go of them. Because it sounds like you still haven't really let go of them yet. And it's a pretty hard truth to learn. But If you haven't let go of them, I would recommend spending a bit of time working with yourself on why you haven't. Because I think the reason a lot of us don't let go of people is because we don't, we don't actually acknowledge how we're feeling about something. We pretend we're not. My prediction is that you maybe still care about them or love them. That you weren't ready for it to end when it ended. And maybe recently you've been ignoring those feelings. You've been not acknowledging how you felt because you felt like that was wrong to feel like that you felt like you weren't allowed but you are allowed to feel like that so my advice if you're trying to move on from someone who is starting to move on and you kind of want that too I think you need to sit down and say very honestly how you're feeling very 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 honest if you miss them why do you miss them what is it that you miss about them and it's gonna hurt okay but you need to bring up these emotions that you've been bottling for so long because otherwise they're dominating everything. And right now you're still unable to let go of them because that emotion is still what's dominating. So sit down and write how you're feeling. Be really honest with yourself about what's going on. And then write out the reasons why it didn't work. What didn't go right? Because it's so easy to view a relationship with rose-tinted glasses and forget all that went wrong. Forget what didn't really work out. Forget what did not go to plan. Have that in your mind, have these side by side and every time you find yourself, so if they post a picture, I mean, first off, unfollow them on Instagram or at least mute their account. I know some of us don't like unfollowing people on Instagram because then you can't do a little stalky stalk, but at least mute them. You don't need them notifying you every single day what they're up to, especially if they're with someone new. You don't really want that. So mute them. But then every time you find yourself thinking about them, allow yourself to feel sad, but then feel grateful that it didn't work out because I'm sure there's a reason it didn't. 
be grateful that it didn't. Think about the reasons that it didn't work out and think about now what you're able to do because it didn't work out. And slowly but surely, you're going to train your brain into thinking this new thought pattern. And slowly but surely, you're going to let them go. And slowly but surely, you'll realise you're not thinking about them as much anymore. Honestly, it works. It's a tried and tested thing that I can vouch for because I have done it. I think another thing that I did... Oh, oh no. Oh, that was bad. I just dropped my phone. I hope that's okay. That probably sounds terrible. Okay, this is probably a bit extreme. I downloaded, maybe I shouldn't expose myself like this. I'm exposing myself like this. You know those like addiction type apps where it's like you've had one day without this, you've had one day without this, you've had one day without this. I downloaded that for like my deciding to heal. I was like, I am my own person. You are not in my life anymore and I have nothing to do with you and I'm going to grow into being someone incredible and I don't want to think about you anymore. I'm going to, I really wanted to channel everything into myself and I've downloaded the app and I started it and watching each day get bigger and bigger and bigger like watching the counter because it does it in seconds so it's kind of satisfying to watch I can't lie and watching that each day and knowing that I had chosen myself and that I was pushing myself to grow into a new person that was so fucking motivating it really really motivated me into thinking you know what fuck you I'm glad it didn't work out because I'm turning into so much of a better person now Maybe you guys ended on better terms than I did, so maybe you don't feel as passionately as I do, but uh, I think it's nice knowing that that's kind of like, you're drawing a line now. You're drawing a line and you're choosing yourself and that's where you're going with it. Have that honest conversation with yourself, download the app and draw the line because you deserve someone great. But right now you don't need anyone because you're going to find yourself and that's that. I think it's so weird that all these rom-coms and everything about finding a relationship with someone and how important that is. It's not. The most important relationship is finding out who you are, is learning to have a good relationship with yourself. Because I swear to God, if you have a good relationship with yourself, you can do anything. You can do anything. Everything is so much easier when you have a healthy relationship with yourself, when you learn actually to enjoy your own company. You become less desperate with other people. You learn to put yourself first. You learn confidence. You learn how great you everything is better so I think that would be my advice for how to get over someone sit down have an honest conversation with yourself then draw the line download the app and here we go it'll be exciting you're on an exciting journey good things are coming I promise but anyway as I said this is meant to be a shorter episode and I've managed to end this exactly on 30 minutes which is very honestly I'm impressed with myself to be honest I hope you're having a lovely lovely week and I'll speak to you soon bye I forgot to mention make sure you're following me on TikTok and on Instagram at you've got mail underscore pod and if you ever want to take part in these Q&A podcast episodes then just look out for the question boxes if you follow me it'll be easier to find also if you have a spare moment can you rate me on Instagram or Apple podcast because it means that more people can find me and I really really want to get on the charts I don't know, it would just be kind of exciting, you know? I hope you all have a lovely week and yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Bye.